Hello and welcome to Weird Careers. I'm your host, E.T. All over the world, people have jobs. And some of those jobs we don't even know exist. There are jobs we don't know a lot about. And there are jobs we just don't talk about. Well, I'm here to explore all of the above on this podcast. I will be interviewing people from all over the world about their strange and interesting careers. Everything from cosplay to sex work. Oh, did I mention this show is NSFW? Over the course of this season, we will talk to people in all sorts of field work and dive deep into their professions. Also, if you think you have a weird career or know somebody who's got an odd job, let us know at eric at cardinalimages.ca. This show is brought to you in part by Cardinal Images. Get your business looking amazing at a great price. Check out their website at www.cardinalimages.ca for their gallery and quotes. On today's show, we have Amanda from St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. Amanda, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I'm excited. Well, thank you for coming on the show today. Now, before we dive deep into everything, tell us what it is that you do. So I am a stage manager for theater. Uh, That's what I mostly do, but every now and then I get to do some fun stuff that's a little bit outside of that. Oh, neat. So tell me, what is fun stuff? Like, what does fun mean? (laughs) Uh, I mean, it takes a lot of different forms. Sometimes I get to do props. I get to dip my toes into set and costumes. Hmm. Uh, Lighting is a big one I'm interested in. I spent Friday playing with some holograms with a friend, so... Oh, cool. Yeah, we used to do a bunch of different things, but stage management is my main focus, I guess. No. So for those who don't know much about the uh, community theater industry, um, you, you would probably agree with me as well that uh, it is a very small, teeny, tiny community. Wouldn't you agree with me? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Well, I'm glad that we're on the same page. Um, so, so with it being a small community... The um, the job description of a stage manager is something mm-hmm. that a lot of people wouldn't know. So what is it? For sure. Um, so I consider my job to go into like three different stages, I guess. So okay. stage one is prep. So before rehearsals even start, uh, I make a lot of lists. I make a lot of paperwork. Mm-hmm. I compile information about designers, directors, cast, crew, uh, about the show in general, making props lists, that kind of thing. All right. That's like stage one. Stage mm-hmm. two is uh, arguably the most important. So that's when I'm in rehearsal. So okay. my job is to take notes on blocking, mm-hmm. uh, tracking props to basically be the director's like right-hand man as far as things go. Oh, and I act as a bit of a conduit for communication between what happens in the rehearsal room and what the rest of the production team needs to know. So... So I'm going to have to pause you there for for just a second. Now, you used a term that uh, a lot of people don't know, and that's blocking. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, could you simplify that for us, uh, please, if you will? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Blocking is like any movement that an actor makes on stage. So if Mm -hmm. you go from the left side of the stage to the right side of the stage, I make a note of it. If you jump up and down and do five jumping jacks, that's blocking that I take (laughs) note of. If you pass off a prop or kick your shoes off or do a jig or get drunk or whatever on (laughs) stage, like I take notes of everything. (laughs) Jeez, that's a lot of paying attention. Holy crap. 
It is. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, more so when you're the only one in the room, but sometimes mm. on very rare occasions, you get an assistant stage manager and oh. then they can help you kind of keep track of stuff. So oh. uh, oftentimes we split it at that point and like, I'll take care of like these 10 actors and then they take care of the other 10. So that's always nice. Right on. So you've done your planning stage one, stage two, you've done your rehearsals, you've written all your shit down, right? What is stage three? <laughs> so stage three is when you move actually into a theater. So you're out of the rehearsal hall, you're in a theater, uh, actors are on stage. It's the first time that people get to interact with their props, their costumes, the set pieces. We bring in lighting, we bring in sound. Uh, so my job through all of that is, again, like a lot of communication. I'm the one who tries to let every department know what we need for the show as a whole. And it's my job to kind of coordinate like what's happening backstage with, with what's happening on stage as well uh, as the big one for professional theater, especially is calling cues. So if there's ever like a lighting cue that happens or a sound cue, um, I've also done projections, flies. So like things that come in and out from the stage. Oh, okay. Uh, and sometimes even actor cues. Right Those are all things that I call from the booth. Right on. So I'll be watching the show. Mm -hmm. I'll tell people that they can go and then they do it. And uh, it's basically like being the ringleader of a big crazy thing. <laughs> <laughs> so saying that your job is important would be an understatement. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like how long uh, from a professional production c compared to community theater production, which mm -hmm. uh, takes about four to five months from uh, casting to curtain call. Uh, you're looking at uh, approximately five months of production. Sure. Now, our listeners who don't understand or know what a uh, curtain call is, that is your last show of the production. You take down your set and everything right afterwards. Now, for what you're doing, are you looking at roughly the same kind of timeline? Like, not necessarily. I'd say uh, there's lots of months of preparation as far as, like, choosing a show and setting up a season in a professional sense. Oh, okay. But, um the time from first rehearsal till the end of show is much shorter. Oh. So typically you get two to three weeks of rehearsal, one mm. week of tech, and then yep. the show starts that week. Right. On. So it's like a much shorter time frame uh, as far as like length goes, but you also have more time during the day. Okay. So whereas like a community theater, you might meet for like three to four hours, two mm -hmm. or three times a week. Yep. In a professional setting, you are in the rehearsal room for six to eight hours a day, oh, wow. five to six days a week. And then you put it up. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, that, that is, that, that's an incredible commitment. What a huge commitment that you guys Absolutely. are doing. But that's like a little bit of the difference, right? Like when you're doing a professional show, you kind of, that's, that's your focus. That's the only thing that you're doing. Oh yeah. Um, the benefit, I guess, with a community theater show is that you can have, you know, a day job and then come and do that at night. Uh, but you don't get paid for it in community theater, and <laughs> no, you I, do professionally. <laughs> no, you definitely don't. Now, well, before we started recording, uh, you did mention that you primarily work with uh, opera and theater festivals. Mm -hmm. Now, tell me, how does that differ from, let's say, a professional production or, let's say, uh, a community theater production? Uh, so, opera, I'll start with opera. That's the biggest one, I guess. Right. Uh, the biggest difference with that to, like, any other production, whether it's musical, festival, or community theater, mm -hmm. is um, 
it's a very old art form and there are a lot of traditions put in place right so like there's a certain way to address different people in the room oh yeah like how uh you might have like a musical director for i mean let's say you're doing like the music man or something Mm -hmm. But if you're doing an opera, they're called maestro, and you call them maestro until they tell you otherwise. Oh, basically. I had no idea. Yeah, it, it's a much more formal environment. Um, I don't know how to phrase this right, but like you have to take care of singers more because if if you're doing a play, talking through the day is much different than singing through an entire opera two or three times, right? Oh, geez, yeah, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, so there's a, a lot of different rules that go with it as far as what you can and can't do in rehearsals, uh, as far as like time and like how long you can have people. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest one. Opera is definitely more of like a formal environment. Okay. Um, most professional shows, like you get together for a couple weeks, you do the show for like two or three performances and then that's it. Wow. Right? Like if you're in a big house, maybe you get to do it for a couple of weeks. Uh, but typically professional productions are like maybe two weeks, usually only three to four performances, and then you call it a day. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's a lot of work for just a few shows, but it's always worth it. Yeah, it is. Uh, The difference with a festival is that you do the shows for months, right? So if I'm doing a Mm -hmm. summer festival, we usually run about six different shows uh, in rep, which basically means... Uh, we have two different spaces and there'll be a seven o'clock show in one space uh-huh. and a nine o'clock show in the other. Okay. Um, and then the next day it's two completely different shows. Oh, so okay. you open them at staggered times and mm-hmm. then you have to change over the set and the lights and everything else every day for that new set of shows. Wow. So yeah, it's a little bit crazy, but the, the biggest difference is that it lasts longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so the runs are much longer. Like last summer in 2019, I was doing a festival and one show ran like 29, 31 times or something like that. Wow. So you're doing that show twice a week and you just, it just keeps repeating. So like at that uh, point, muscle memory just yeah. kicks in, right? Yeah, for sure. But there's also a challenge with that because you have to keep it fresh for the audience, right? Exactly. Yeah. But the other part is if you're doing a festival, it's typically like a company of people, so maybe like 20 people oh, wow. who are all working to make the shows happen. So each actor is in three plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go into rehearsals for three shows. They do three shows uh, in rep, so like twice a week each of those shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a much tighter knit community, and you spend like three to four months with these people, so you get to know each other really well. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. I think so. Well, I mean, obviously, if you weren't, if you weren't, you wouldn't be here right now. I mean, let's <laughs> let's be realistic here. We we wouldn't be talking. <laughs> now, uh, did you go to school for this? Uh, is this a requirement for the industry, or does it just help? So I did go to school for this. So I attended uh, the Grenfell campus of Memorial University in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, for a whole list of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not required. The okay. biggest thing with theater and like most industries in general is you need to have like a foot in the door, right? Mm-hmm. So once you know somebody who can get you that starting position, you can build yourself up. Okay. The benefit of school is that you are introduced to people who can give you that mm, opportunity yes. to move forwards. But 
the, the, honestly, you don't have to go to school. It okay. depends what you want to do. You could just get in on the ground floor and like start pushing boxes <laughs> at like an arena or someplace that does concerts and you mm-hmm. can move up from there. Um, or even just expressing interest to people in the community. They're usually pretty open to like having new people in. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Not necessary. So it's still kind of like a tight knit community like that, where it's more like who you know, Absolutely. you know, where your passion lies, not the thousands upon thousands of dollars that you spent on a piece of paper to get you there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> you can learn a lot when you're going to school because, uh, I don't know if this is true for other industries, but most like teachers or professors in theater school have done theater for like years, you know, so they oh, have yeah. practical experience. And they mm-hmm. can give you actual advice and things oh, wow. and they have their own connections as well. So if they have someone who needs, I don't know, somebody to stand backstage and hold the door open for two hours a night, like they can have you go in and you'll get paid and you hold the door, oh, but yeah. that opens you to meeting new people to getting your connection started. So well, I mean, like in, in, in every industry, it's uh, you got to start somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And like talking to Reese last week, I was saying, you know, it's not, you know, in the film and television industry, it's not, no, oh, yeah. those pieces of paper, it's it's who you know, it's that community that you connect with. Oh, for sure. I, uh, I have a friend of mine who I met at a bar. This is like an offshoot story, but uh, a friend ahead. of mine who I read, met at a bar who's the fourth AD for a show in town, like a film mm-hmm. uh, series at Films Here. Oh, yeah. And uh, she gave me a call one day. She was like, hey, do you want to be on the daily list? And I was like, heck, yeah, I want to be on the daily <laughs> list. Yeah. So I've been like a daily set PA for uh, some of the TV that's been filming around here just because I knew the right person. Cool. I have no experience in it, but, you know, skills can be transferable. So you just jump in, you get ready to learn. and oh, Exactly. Crazy. Yeah. It's really good, actually. Nice. Now, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic has shut down theater all over the world. Yeah. From Broadway to London's West End to Toronto to right here in London. However, in Newfoundland, Canada, you are starting (laughs) to open theaters again. How are you doing that? And what is the process of doing so? So... I don't know if I'm the best person because a lot of this comes down to administration, but from what I can see uh, and what my personal opinion is, is that we don't have a lot of cases of COVID in Newfoundland. Mm -hmm. Um, We are very fortunate to be on an island, so we can very easily kind of shut everybody else out. Oh, yeah, that's true. We're now a part of the Atlantic bubble, which is, you know, makes it bigger, but again, is easier to regulate than an entire country. Oh, for sure. We have a lot of small companies who are just going to find a way to do it. So I I really think that the reason we have some theater going on now is literally just like, like where there's a will, there's a way. And Mm. the people in our community being like, well, we're going to do it because this is what we do. So let's figure it out and make it happen. Mm -hmm. Like even when the pandemic started, um, we adapted, you know, there were technicians who learned how to do film things. And then there started to be performances of uh, like live streaming for like musicians or Mm -hmm. artists who were in other locations. Um, It turned into like a big thing of like, we couldn't get together as people, but we could get together online and share music. Yeah. Uh, So we've never really dropped that community that we have out here, which is really, really excellent. Incredible. 
Um, but I think really what it boils down to is the numbers. Like we don't have a lot of high numbers, That's awesome. you know, we've, uh, a lot of our theaters, all of them actually have protocols set in place. So a big venue out here is the arts and culture center. So, uh, I just did a show there at the end of October and it was like social distance seating. So the capacity is like a quarter of what it could be, you know, that theater holds a thousand seats. And I think the max we could sell was like 250. So it is really spread out. Like it's definitely a different experience. For sure. Um, but it's about adapting, I would say. So there's policy set in place. Everybody follows them because we all understand the importance. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to get shut down to the point that you can't do theater anymore. Oh, of course not. So we're always wearing masks. Good. Um, there's always hand sanitizer everywhere. <laughs> Paths have been marked out. Um sometimes to the point of like hours being cut so where you could have done a 12 hour day before maybe you can only do eight mm-hmm. now because they've cut down on like exposure yeah budget cuts understandable um and i think the other part is that uh, a lot of our professional theater comes from small companies mm-hmm. and like companies in the business sense but also in the people sense so we're not doing shows with like 10 to 20 people you know we're doing plays that are one person plays maybe two to three if we're lucky uh but right now i'm a part of a series that's been for one woman shows oh cool so it's so much easier to do theater uh, when there's only one person that you have to worry about <laughs> well yeah that, that would make it a lot easier for yeah sure. <laughs> there's also a lot of adapting like uh, i was a part of mm. a piece again at the end of october uh, that was more like a radio play. So you would go in your car and travel to different destinations. And there was a monologue that played on a radio frequency. Oh, cool. Uh, and then you would listen to it from there. So it's about finding uh, different solutions to a lot of things, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're really not the people to like let it things stop us. So even if there's an issue, we didn't tend to find a way around it. Amazing. Um, and some of it too is that we're filming it. You know, again, this one woman series that I've been a part of, uh, I'm very fortunate to be a part of right now. Mm-hmm. Every single performance is being filmed wow. with the intention of being broadcast at a later date, like across Canada. Oh, cool. Right. So we're doing theater for an audience, uh, but we're also filming it so we can have that. So if things happen to go south again and we have to go back into our quarantine or our lockdown, mm-hmm. we have art that we've created and that we've worked on. So it's it's really more of like a where there's a will, there's a way, and a lot of finding creative solutions to things for sure. Well, that that that's incredible. I mean, being part of the uh, the community theater um, community here in London myself, um, it, it's really hard with all of the protests and everything going yeah. on here in London, Ontario. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. Um, as a province, Ontario is just not ready for it. Absolutely. I mean, the, honestly, like the mindset of the people around you is a huge, huge thing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Newfoundland culture is based around getting together and everybody meeting in a kitchen and playing music and like spending time together. So not having that, uh, especially at the top of COVID was really hard. Like I know a lot of people really, really struggled with that, which is why there became all this like adaptive stuff, uh, really into film and everything that got going. Mm-hmm. Um but like Newfoundland as a province is like, we're in it together. Let's get through this. Not everybody. There's always going to be those people who disagree Uh, for the most part. We do a lot of like, all right, like we're in a hard spot. Let's figure it out. We're in this together. 
you help me, I'll help you. That's just the way that it is. So, well, that's awesome. That's great that you still have mm-hmm. that community that uh, you're still doing yeah, that stuff with. For sure. And like, I was a part of the uh, supposed to be a part of MTP's uh, Joseph and the uh, Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, mm-hmm. and uh, we were two weeks away from opening um before COVID 19 hit yeah. we were actually uh, the last thing we did was our costume parade um and for those who don't know what a costume parade is you're you're trying on your costume for the first time so your costume designers your uh costume makers your seamstress you know all those people you're coming together and you know normally at this time you're having a good laugh you're having a fun time and you know that is the last memory i have i'm pretty sure it was just two days later they said oh by the way uh the show's not going on right now because of COVID-19. But that's what I have. It's it's the memories that I have. And if this happened two weeks later, yeah. I mean, this show would have gone on. That's the, like, honestly, the craziest part about it. And uh, not to be all like, woe is us, but Newfoundland's had it hard, especially on the East Coast, because we had Snowmageddon at the top of the year. Oh, yeah. So there was like two, like literally a week where we couldn't even leave your house because you could not see the road. Oh, my God. Uh, like six, seven, eight feet of snow. I didn't see out my front window till like the start of COVID. Wow. Um, so any shows that were happening that weekend, like the weeks following were also canceled. Like I was on a tour <laughs> oh, and geez. we had to cancel half the tour because you couldn't get anywhere. Ooh. Um, but yeah, it's just, it. it's really interesting now to listen to like what people were doing in theater before everything happened. Uh, and that it was so crazy. It just like one day it was okay. And then the next day, boom, everything was closed and we were done. Oh, for sure. It, it was so sad. Now, um, as of somebody in the theater community who has a pain job, mm-hmm. um, do you have a message to those people who think, A, this thing is still a hoax and, you know, the government is, you know, trying to get down our throats? Or, I mean, do you have, for, for these people who just refuse to wear a mask, I mean, do, do you have something that you would like to say to them? Yeah, I, I think you should get the fuck over it and just put the mask on. Like, I, I really think people don't realize the effect that they have on others. And, and there's been a lot of talk about, oh, wearing a mask is living in fear. And like, the government's trying to control us. And like, yeah, you can say that because you're healthy and haven't had to experience it. But like... There's hundreds of thousands of people who have died from this entire pandemic. And the least you can do is put a mask on to protect uh, everybody else. Not to mention yourself. Like, it's one thing to do it for your own self, but I don't think anybody else has the right to endanger anybody else's life. Well, exactly. And I mean, like, a lot of businesses, you know, are are lucky they've even been able to open Absolutely. during this pandemic. Yeah. I mean, look at Broadway themselves. They're not going to be able to open until June or September well, of uh, 2021 next year. Yeah, like, that's like June is like closer than people think. And I, I think uh, a lot of people don't understand or realize how many different uh, businesses or companies are actually involved with theater like if you go to a theater show let's say in like toronto even like a community theater show if you're gonna make a night out of it you're going out to dinner oh yeah so now you've paid a restaurant for the dinner that you sat at you're going to a performance somewhere maybe you took a taxi or a cab so that is someone who's directly impacted by it uh, if you've traveled from somewhere you're paying for a hotel you get to the theater you're um not only like paying to see performers on stage, but you're paying for the entire crew. 
everybody in the rehearsal process, whoever drives cast and crew around, the box office, uh, the people who deliver popcorn so you can eat it at a show. Like, it's it's more than black and white, you know? Like, this whole thing is so gray, and there's so much more to it than yes or no. So if the if the like simplest thing that we can do to protect others and to make this end faster is wear a mask then get one of every color and like just have fun with it who cares oh like, i agree 100% we'll look at theater as 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 a whole for, for example i mean mm-hmm. you've got if please correct me if i'm wrong but like hundreds of thousands of jobs are on the line right now because yeah. people aren't wearing a mask and those jobs will be here the sooner we get it under control. Absolutely. Because, again, people don't realize, like, there was a post going around on Facebook about, you know, Broadway being shut down and actually breaking down how many people that affected. And it's huge. Like, the number of people just goes on and on and on and on. But Now, the, the one thing I do want to mention um, about COVID-19, last thing, <laughs> last thing about COVID-19, I promise, because I know we could all go on and on and on and on and on on about COVID-19 for hours. However, the biggest headline in theater right now is The Globe in Stratford-upon-Avon. And it Mm -hmm. is under the threat for the first time in history of closing. Now, this is not the original. For those who don't know, the original one did burn down. uh, But this is a recreation uh, of where Shakespeare used to play and do his shows. Now, this is one of the oldest theaters and stages in theater history in the UK. And it is for the first time on the th- on the the verge of being shut down completely. I mean, if that doesn't say something about COVID nineteen and the effect it has on the theater industry, I don't know what does. Oh, for sure. It's uh, it's really unfortunate. Like I have actually been to that theater, like because I spent two months in England when I was in school, with the purpose of exactly that, checking out new theaters and stuff. Um. Yeah, but like. Theaters can't run without patrons. They can't run without like that money coming in or donations coming in or uh, getting like money or support or from the like uh, tourism parts of government. Like arts and culture is a big thing. Like funding is a huge thing for them. And if they can't put on shows, then they can't get funding. And like to just leave a building empty, like if like besides the globe, it's outside, so you're not gonna heat it. But like. If you're thinking about the National Theater in London, England, like that's a huge building. Oh, absolutely. Like, to keep it closed, like you're not not spending money. Like you still have to spend money on security systems and people to watch over it and like heating it so that pipes don't freeze and stuff like that. Like closing stuff doesn't make it free. <laughs> it just means that you have no money going in. And a lot of these locations actually do still have to pay rent. Absolutely. Yep. For sure. It's uh, it's not an easy time, like not for anybody. And the fact that such an iconic theater um, and I, like I, such an iconic space, it's been around for, you know, a hot minute. <laughs> it's been around the block a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So in short, if you really want to save the theater community, put on a fucking mask yeah. and suck it up, right? Please do. Please sanitize your hands. <laughs> it's worth it, I promise. Oh, yeah, I agree it is. Now, now coming away from COVID-19 and kind of getting back to your career and what you're doing here, um, what is the most challenging part of your career? 
Um, I think the most challenging part of a stage manager's job is having to have a brain in like five different places. So whenever we go into tech, I have like, I'm constantly thinking about actors. So how do they feel? Are they feeling safe? What are they doing on stage? What do they need? But you're also thinking about the director and the director is thinking about light, sound, costume, set. Um, So because of that, you are also thinking about light, sound, costume, set and like being able to like move all of those things in your brain at one time is a lot. Uh, I tend to just like, I can, I can only answer one question at a time. (laughs) So I can't have five people talk to me. I have to do a lot of like, okay, everybody just stop. You're first. What's your question? Here's the answer. Great. Move on. Exactly. So the biggest thing is just having so many different things in your brain all at one time. Mm, Like, yeah. Sometimes I don't think I even live in my own brain during a show. <laughs> <laughs> now, now tell me, what is the best part of your job? Oh my gosh, the best part of my job is the people. Uh, the people in the stories, which I guess are kind of hand in hand. But like, I, you just get to work with the most incredible people. And uh, I've worked with companies who have cast members from uh, like all over the U.S. I work with people in Europe. Uh, all over Canada as well, BC, Manitoba, Alberta, Ontario, the list goes on. Um, And just like getting to meet all of them and listen to their stories and their life experiences and how they got to be in whatever show you're doing is it's really just incredible. And then to know that you have like all of these people that I, I like to think of them as like little lights around the world. And like my world gets brighter with like each new person I meet and just wow. to have like all these little lights everywhere. So a, a great example for me is I did an opera, uh, met a friend. We became like very close friends and then went through a rough time in my life. And I went to New York and stayed at her house <laughs> because I could, you know, like having those people. And like, I know if I go to any big city or any province, I could call up somebody and we could go for coffee and just chat and see how they're doing. And I've got their back and I know that they've got mine and it's just, it's nice to continue making those connections for sure. Oh, absolutely. And uh, speaking of those connections, you know, Amanda and I, for those of you who don't know, uh, we, we go way, way back, way back uh, <laughs> to, to my first community theater show. Uh, Oliver, was that your first community theater show? No. <laughs> <laughs> now I just remember that this was my very first community theater show. Um, and I, I just, I just remember you being so, so much littler. I was much littler yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, so that, that just goes to show that, you know, 15 years later, that, that community mm-hmm. is, is, is still there. And I can say with absolute confidence that the relationships you build in theater can, and most often are so much stronger than Absolutely. relationships you build outside of it because you're spending so much time together. Yep. And like I said, blood, sweat, and tears into some of these shows, most of these shows, actually. So you develop a bond. Yeah. And some of them are good tears and some of them are bad tears. But like at the end of the day, you just, you do it together. And like, that's what matters. Um, And then, you know, getting to bring beautiful stories to the stage. Like I I can't even count the number of times I've watched people do a show and I just get goosebumps everywhere because I know that I'm like in this like special moment and there's like magic happening on stage. I know the audience feels it and I'm like, this is great. I love my job. (laughs) So it's worth it for that. (laughs) 
Now, I, I do have one more question before we yeah, let you go. Sure. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the, the show today. It's been a, it's been great. It's been a hoot and a holler <laughs> to have you on here today. And let's just say it's, it's always great to have a new fee on the show. Oh, thanks. Technically, I'm from Ontario, so... I mean, you've got the accent go. now. It, it, it does come out, so, I mean, I'm sorry to say. Can you? Dang. I never noticed. <laughs> I mean, come on. We talked about this last time that we were on the phone, right? Yeah, I know. It's fine. I'm not mad about it. I just, like, I don't... I can't hear it, but I guess it's because I'm surrounded by it every day. <laughs> <laughs> but, but tell me, if there was one thing that you could change about your career, what would it be and why? Um, I think one thing I would change about my job is just uh, like people to be more understanding. You know, I think uh, sometimes in, in theater, just to, especially during like a tech week, like, you know, emotions run high and, and things are really busy and everybody's focused on their own thing. Um, but just having some understanding for like what other people are working through or uh, like the jobs that other people do that you, you know, don't thank them for because you don't notice they do it because they're doing it. But if they weren't there, you would know. I think just like a general understanding or appreciation maybe for like the people who run things behind the scenes. You know, I've worked with a lot of people who are really excellent. Always say thank you before they leave. Uh, make sure to like include our names as technicians and stage managers when they do thank yous. Um, and I've worked with some people who are not so great and some people who snap at me and think that, you know, because I'm not on stage that my job is lesser, but you can't do theater without every person involved. So I think just like appreciation for the work that stage managers do uh, that you don't realize because if they didn't do it, you would know. And the only reason you don't know they exist is because they're doing a good job. So when I go to see a, a performance, the first thing I do is check the program for whoever is stage managing the show. They're never included on like big titles or like big things with, uh, you know, this show created by so-and-so, directed by this person, uh, lighting sound and all of this and like that is very integral you cannot do a show without those people oh absolutely not. but yeah. you uh, also can't do it without your stage manager so like i don't know maybe not everybody wants this but give them a shout out sometimes they're worth it not even like me per se but like i know some incredible stage managers and uh they deserve awards <laughs> they do some incredible work so give them a shout out appreciate them give them a break <laughs> <laughs> well that's awesome again amanda thank you so much for for coming on to the show today it's been an absolute pleasure yeah. Get, thank you so much thank you for having me well ladies and gentlemen and those beyond the binary that was amanda joining us today via zoom this episode is brought to you in part by zoom.us keeping you connected securely wherever you are Thank you for joining us today on Weird Careers. Please don't forget to like and subscribe, and don't forget to share with your family and friends. I'm E.T. Until next time, cheers.